right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. Today is Wednesday, July 29th, 2020, and I am Detroit Sports Editor Noel Bianchi here today, back again with longtime Red Wings fan, my dear friend, uh, wedding attender, uh, all-around fun guy, Ethan Smith. Ethan, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you. That's what everybody at the wedding said, too. Life of the party over here. Yeah? Oh, yeah, dude. I was... I was I wasn't. We were just having fun. It was a great time. <laughs> uh, so we're going to skip a lot of the pleasantries today because we have a lot to talk about. The Seattle Kraken are here. The NHL Seattle franchise announced their new team name, logos, jerseys, the whole shebang on Friday. Uh, and so we got an expansion draft that we got we to gotta start looking at. We got to start taking seriously. But first, Ethan, I want to get your reaction on the, uh, the Kraken, the new team name, the logos, and everything like that. 100% thought it was going to be the Sockeyes. Um, but I'm down with Kraken. I'm down to get weird with it, really. I mean, I think it's just fun. Um, I hated the jerseys in the beginning. Same. Uh, logos weren't the best, but... I've seen them in other pictures and they're starting to grow on me. I think they're a little different. They're a little fun. I don't, it's, I don't want to say indifferent, but I, I'm warming up to them. Just like I, I hated the Vegas ones too in the beginning, but I like they're all right now. I had the same reaction. It was like when I first saw them, I was like, ugh. And like the Kraken, I, I was not necessarily the biggest fan of that either. And then I saw, I saw like that secondary logo with the space needle uh, mm-hmm. worked into the anchor. And I was like, okay. All right, you got me. And then I saw actually a couple like photoshops of players in the in the Kraken unis. I'm kind of about it now. I'm I'm interested to see how to look on the ice. Yeah, that's another thing too is how that's going to look in the arena that they're redoing and how the fans are going to take to it cuz I mean that's a huge thing too. Cuz if if Vegas didn't have a fan base that was rocking every single night, every single home game. Like it, they wouldn't be as you know, prevalent in, in the NHL now. So, I mean, hopefully Seattle can take that step too. Hopefully they have a good team. Um, and I mean, we're going to get into it right now. Uh, so here's what we're going to do today. We're going to, you know, just kind of run you through, give you a refresher on how the, uh, the expansion draft works. And then we're going to go over uh, the protected group of forwards. We're going to project the protected group of forwards uh, and then go over the defenseman, go over who will be left exposed for Seattle to take. Uh, and and we'll, so we'll start with, with how that works. Teams can protect seven forwards, three defensemen, and one goaltender. The only exception to this, Ethan, is that they can protect just eight skaters and one goaltender, but I don't really see that happening. Uh, they've got a collection of, of pretty young, talented prospects on the back end, which we'll get to in just a minute. So I really don't see them kind of forfeiting the ability to uh, protect them all uh, by wanting to protect eight forwards. Frankly, they just don't need to. Uh, players with a no movement clause have to be protected. Players with a no trade clause do not. So that means Danny DeKaiser, who has a partial no trade clause, uh, is not is not exempt from this. Uh, unsigned players plus first and second round prospects or first and second year NHL players. Sorry, let me back that up. Unsigned draft picks and then first and second year NHL players uh, are protected. So pretty much what that means for you, the, the one thing you're probably wondering, uh, no, they cannot take Zadina, Sider, Valeno, McIsaac. Uh, and we don't have to waste a, um, a save spot for them either. 
Correct. They're completely exempt from this. Correct. Uh, so just assume if you haven't seen them in the NHL that he's protected. Uh, the Red Wings must expose at least two forwards and one defenseman who are under contract in 2021-2022. Let's take a look real quick before we, we kind of start hopping right into it. Uh, who, Ethan, who was the last guy that the Red Wings lost in the 2017 expansion to the Vegas Golden Knights? Uh, Thomas Nosek, which, I mean, at the time it was, all right, maybe he could be a fourth-line player grinder for us. I mean, it wasn't just a huge disappointment, really, just given how the other players exploded once going on to Vegas, you know? Yeah, they didn't lose while Bill Carlson. <laughs> Jesus, man. <laughs> uh, sick with the Vegas Golden Knights in three seasons, 202 games played, 23 goals, 24 assists, 47 points. Uh, has failed to exceed 10 goals in t- uh, or 70 games played since joining Vegas. So not really, uh, not really, really too much to bat an eye at there. Didn't he score the first goal for them, though? I think he did. We should pretty probably cool. look that up. That's pretty cool. No, he did. Uh, but it's did. okay. It's okay. Um, so let's let's just jump right into it. This forward group. Uh, I think there are five players who you who are automatic locks to be protected. Now the Red Wings only, I, I believe, have five contracts on the books for the 2021-2022 season. But some of those guys are obviously going to get re-upped. Some of the guys included in that: Tyler Bertuzzi, Anthony Mantha, Robbie Fabry. Uh, you can expect to see them get signed this offseason. Uh, and then from there, they will obviously land on that protected list. Uh, so those guys, Dylan Larkin, and then Michael Rasmussen, uh, 2017 first-round pick. Maybe, you know, a, a guy that you haven't really seen as much as you would have liked to at this point for the Red Wings. But at the end of the day, he's dealt with some pretty severe injury issues and hasn't necessarily been given a chance to get, grow into his own. Yeah, I mean, hopefully we'll see more of that next year, and that'll give us a better grasp of where he is as a player and where he'll project out. I mean, everybody wants him to be that second-line center. Same with Valino. Same with, you know, if we take a center in the draft this year. I mean, it's just going to be a long game <laughs> of guys there. Um, options. I, I, yeah, and I think the good news is, like, when you're looking – because we're going to get into the, the players who are on the current roster uh, who we would probably expose, but – I think the one thing that we can say before we start all this is there's not going to, you're not going to leave anybody exposed. That's going to really hurt. It's going to be somebody like in the likes of Thomas Nosek, who you're kind of just like, all right, well that obviously would prefer to have that prospect, but you're not going to die without him. So let's get into it. The players who are on the current roster that are at risk of being exposed, if they are extended, which let's assume for all intents and purposes uh, that they will be, Taro Hirose, Giovanni Smith, Dimitro Timoshov, Christopher N., Adam Ernie, and Evgeny Sveshnikov. Now, from jump, I'm going to look at this and say that Christopher N. and Adam Ernie are probably exposed if they're on the roster. Now, it's and it's not that they've like done anything wrong per se, uh, but just you know, you look at them and they aren't players that you have to keep. They aren't indispensable. You don't look at them and say, we need that guy in the organization for years to come. I, I would say a guy that would, I would like to see given that opportunity is Carol Hirose though. And he's somebody that we're going to get to in just a second. But first we have to talk about probably the biggest question mark amongst this group. And I, I call him the biggest question mark because he's somebody who's been around for a while and, uh, kind of like Michael Rasmussen 
hasn't necessarily had the best injury luck, but also when he's been healthy, hasn't exactly dazzled ever since his, his first season ever in pro hockey. And that's Evgeny Sveshnikov. Yeah. I mean, this is like a really make or break year for him. I mean, I know he's no longer waiver exempt, so he'll be on the roster to start the season. And, you know, I mean, if he can't crack it, that's waivers right there. I mean, this is a, this is without a doubt his make or break year. Try and maybe join your brother in Carolina. (laughs) You just hope that you can see something out of him that is anything reminiscent of the player that you thought you would hope you drafted, you know, back in 2015, which is that total package. He was a first rounder. He's played 20 NHL games, two goals, two assists. Like I said, he's dealt with a lot of injuries, but all, all things considered has really only had one super productive year in professional hockey. His first season with the Griffins in 2016, 2017, when he had 20 goals, 31 assists and 74 games played that year. The Griffins also won the Calder cup and, uh, especially off in the playoffs, 12 points and 19 assists. So he's somebody that I'm looking at saying, okay, this is your make or break year. And he's a restricted free agent this season. Who knows what kind of deal he's even going to get at this. Is it going to be a one-year deal? Is it going to be a two-year deal? Whatever it's going to be, it's going to be some sort of prove it deal. You'd have to imagine that Eisman just going to hand him a one year. This is it for you. Let's see yeah. what we can do. Uh, so the next guy, you just alluded to him, Taro Hirose. I really like this guy as well. Uh, I would prefer to see him protected if he can find kind of a middle ground of the season he had in 2018, 19, and then 19 and 20. Uh, his first season with the Wings, 10 games played. He had one goal, six assists. And then last season with the Red Wings, he got 26 games, but only came through with two goals and five assists. Still pretty productive in Grand Rapids, five goals, 22 assists, and 35 games played. So almost a point per game player. He is also a restricted free agent at the end of the season. You know, while I'd like to see him perform a bit at the NHL level or a bit better, you know, just I I covered him when he was at MSU. I've been really impressed with him at times with the wings. And uh, I mean, you just look at his productivity at the AHL level. I would deem him a front runner for being protected out of out of the group we just mentioned. And that includes, you know, Christopher and uh, Adam Ernie. So, you know, it's not really too hard to beat those guys out, but still uh, somebody who showed some promise and I, I think can be a, a productive player for the wings. Uh, who you got next? Uh, Giovanni Smith, second round pick in 2016. Um, really hasn't, he's shown promise at times, but it hasn't really taken the world by storm by any means. I mean, he's got six goals and seven assists in 64 games played in Grand Rapids in 1819. 19, 20, one goal, or two goals and one assist in 21 games. But then this past year in Grand Rapids, he had nine goals and 19 assists in 37. So, I mean, he's showing improvement, and he is that big body grinder that, again, that when he's been in the NHL, he's been, there's been moments you're like, oh, there's, there's, there's potential here. I like it. Yeah, and, I, and you know, there, there's more to a player's game than just point production. You mentioned he's kind of the, the big body grinder but if I'm choosing between him and Taro Hirose based off what I've seen I'm probably gonna go Taro Hirose uh and then another guy who who's firmly in that mix is gonna be Dimitro Timishoff, acquired off waivers from the Toronto Maple Leafs last season or this season I, I suppose we're season still going on uh got the first <laughs> taste guess. of <laughs> yeah something like that uh, it's the playoffs it's not the playoffs uh also made his uh NHL debut this season with Toronto Maple Leafs. He had four goals and five assists in 39 games. And then with the Red Wings, obviously very limited action uh, after being a casualty of just kind of the log jam of forwards that Toronto had this season. 
He had no points in five games played. And while he hasn't been super productive at the NHL level, like I just mentioned, he just made his NHL debut. So I think this is a guy with a lot of upside that you're rooting for him to kind of grow into his own this season. And, and when we talk about this forward group, it's going to be something that's decided over the next NHL season. Guys, you know, who knows when you're looking at this type of, you know, situation in the expansion draft you're thinking who do I protect that I can't stand to lose and so for me this is what it comes down to you gotta you gotta pick between two players of Sveshnikov, Timoshov, Hiroshi, and Smith and ideally with a full season in the NHL starting the season in the NHL Sveshnikov will give you a reason to factor him into your future plans and it's tough to stomach the idea of losing a former first round pick for nothing especially when he hasn't had the best Injury luck, but like I said, after this season, if, if, he, if he doesn't make it uh, by that point, then, then that's, the onus of that is completely on him. Uh, but let's say that you protect him because I, I, I think that Sveshnikov is somebody who has potential to have a breakout season. And if that's the case, then you have the decision to pick one between Timoshov, Hiroshi, and Smith that kind of also plays itself over the next year. But right now, while I would love to keep Hiroshi, I think I would love to keep Smith. I think you protect Timoshov over the other two because he's somebody who just fell into your lap and he's probably the one with the highest ceiling. You know, I've accepted the fact that sometimes you lose on first round picks. I mean, we traded one for Kyle Quincy and that turned out to be Vasilevsky. <laughs> so, I mean, that kind of stuff happens, but I mean, I mean, Islanders picked Griffin Reinhardt at four and he, I think he's played like five NHL games. So dude, this kind of stuff happens. So I don't really like to go off of where they were drafted. I just like to think of their importance to the team. And if you could pick up a goal scorer who has, who's been consistent throughout his career at any level that he's played in and has shown improvements, it would be a toss-up between Timoshov and Hiroshi. All right. Well, there you go. We have, uh, we have different top seven. Same top five. We'll go over it again. Larkin, Bertuzzi, Mantha, Fabry, Rasmussen. And then I have Timoshov and Sveshnikov. And Ethan has uh Timoshov and Hiroshi one one place that you'll never miss though Ethan what's that rockauto.com that's right folks they're yep you should know it you've been on this podcast for how long now and you've been using rockauto.com for how long now ever since they become a sponsor of this show ever since I was in college I have been using this website to fix all of my vehicle needs Now, here's the deal, guys. They're a family business serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. RockAuto.com is a shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Now, when you go to the auto store and you need a new part for your car, it's a very limited selection. And not only that, but you're kind of just trusting what the counterman is going to tell you. I I tell you what, I don't trust those guys one bit. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, as well as the prices that you prefer. I know I mentioned it a couple weeks ago. I busted out a tail lamp, went to rockauto.com and had one sent to my house within minutes of entering the website. And you can do the same. If you have a problem with your car, truck, or, or whatever vehicle you have, you can go to rockauto.com, see all the parts available right now. And when you're checking out and you're thinking, man, this was so easy. Thank you, Lockdown Red Wings. Just do us one favor, okay? They're going to have a little section that says, how did you hear about us? 
just write locked on in there. We would really appreciate it. You do us a favor for us doing you a favor and exposing you to the greatest online auto parts store in the history of the internet. That's, that's a pretty cool claim to fame. The best auto parts store in the history of the internet. They've got amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. It's rock auto dot. Say it with me. Come. You didn't say it with me. Not even. Yeah, I did. All right. Last thing we got to get to today is the defenseman and goalie group. We're going to kind of breeze right through the goalies because it's not really an issue at this point. Bernier's contract is up after this year. Uh, but even if you are bringing him back, your top prospects, presumably Philip Larson, Keith Petrozelli at this point, uh, are protected. So we're not, we're not going to spend too much time on that. Uh, I believe Caden Fulcher might be eligible to be taken. He played one game in the NHL last season. It's just not something that you necessarily need to concern yourself with. But uh, the defenseman is, is kind of a more polarizing type of situation. As it stands right now, there's about five guys – on the current roster who could be kind of in the shuffle for this. Uh, and, and five guys, if the Red Wings bring back Madison Bowie, which I think they do. Uh, so we'll include him, him in this group uh, for all intents and purposes. I Meaning you have to pick three out of the group of Bowie, Philip Hronik, Gustav Lindstrom, Dennis Chalowski, and Danny DeKaiser. I'm going to name Hronik as the only bona fide safe player in this. Yeah, absolutely. You know, power play guy, minutes eater. He's really done everything the Red Wings have asked of him. Could Patrick Nemeth be in this group as well by that time? Sure. I don't know. But uh, I don't think he's a guy you, you really protect anyways. So for the purpose of this exercise, we will just leave him off for now because, you know, once you automatically assume you have six defensemen back there, then that's when things get a little bit messy. Uh, so we should just get the DeKaiser situation out of the way. I understand it is important to have veterans on this team. And I've seen some other people who have Danny DeKaiser listed as a protected player in this expansion draft. And for me, frankly, I just cannot wrap my head around that at all. I don't see how you can protect a replacement level defenseman who's on the wrong side of 30 with injury history over the last three years over a building block for the future. He'll be 31 by the time this expansion draft happens. So I'm just going to go ahead and count him out right now. I know. I completely agree with you there. Uh, Madison Bowie, he is a guy. So, so the rest of these guys are, are guys who can play themselves into a protected role. Madison Bowie is included in those guys, in that group because he can look really good some nights, but then other nights he just looks flat out lost. Uh, and I guess some things you have to consider with that is one, he's only 25. Yes. He's on, you know, kind of the, one of the, I described him as a veteran in this group, but he just turned 25 in April and he hasn't really been put in the best opportunity to succeed. And I think you can say that about really anybody on this team at this point, being that they just finished the season as one of the worst in the salary cap era. Um, so if Bowie has a chance to play himself into a protected role, and if that's the case, you'll have to choose between Lindstrom and Chalowski. Given the way that we've predicted this so far, I think they would be at the highest risk of being taken should they be unprotected. Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, I would. You know, Lindstrom's really impressed me during his time with the Red Wings. From everything I've heard and read, he's impressed the Red Wings brass as well. Uh, Blashell really sung Lindstrom's play during his short stint with the Wings this past season. I mean, 
look, I would place him firmly in my protected group. I agree too. He's somebody, he, he's somebody when you watch him, he doesn't, he doesn't do a lot of things wrong. He always is making the right play. And especially somebody who's come over from the Swedish leagues, he's, addressed, he's adjusted to the North American game really well, you know, that chipping it up and out. But then he can also, you know, move the play from behind the net. And then it, just as a defenseman, like I said, he's always a guy who's making the right play. You never have to worry about him being a liability when he's on the ice. Chalowski, on the other hand, uh, pretty much the a polar opposite. He kind of fits into the same category as Feshnikov. First round pick in 2016. Uh, hasn't necessarily become the player that Detroit had hoped. Uh, this is somewhat of a make or break year for him. You obviously like to protect him if he can, if he can kind of shore up the defensive side in his game to match the offensive upside that he brings, but still, again, hasn't necessarily shown all the time. The difference, though, between Sveshnikov and Chalowski is that Chalowski has been, been given a chance to succeed at the NHL level. Red Wings had a ton of injuries on the back end last year, and he just never really stepped up, never really shined. In, and while you can also say the same thing about Madison Bowie, all things considered, I think you probably leave Madison Bowie unprotected if Dennis Chalowski shows really any sort of growth this season. There's not as much upside to keeping Madison Bowie as there is to keeping Dennis Chalowski. And like I said, a lot can change between now and then. But I think if you're just looking at the facts right now, I think you're keeping Hronik. I think you're keeping Lindstrom. And I think you're keeping Chalowski. I mean, yeah, I'd have to agree with you there. All right. So to summarize, we've got in the forward group, Dylan Larkin, Tyler Bertuzzi, Anthony Mantha, Robbie Fabry, Michael Rasmussen. And then you have Timishoff and Hiroshi. I have Timishoff and Sveshnikov. And then on the forward group or on the back end, we've got the same guys, Hronik, Lindstrom, Shalowski, and then, you know, whoever the hell the goaltender is that you protect. I, like I said, that's really just not an area of concern at this point. I'd be interested to see though, who the Kraken, <laughs> we haven't said their name far enough. This episode, we have not said it nearly enough. It just sounds so silly. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who the Kraken decide to, uh, take from the Red Wings. Did you see that? Do you think that there's going to be a little rivalry because they're essentially a massive octopus? Yes. I sure hope so. That's exactly what I'm hoping. And that's, you know what the funny thing is, is that was kind of the reason why I was not a fan of the Kraken at first. Cause I was like, Oh, they stole the, they stole the thing. And nothing of their logo is really an octopus though. Yeah. You know, a giant, it's more of a sea monster in the ocean. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, you know what I'll say I think we probably should also address before we close this episode out is Justin Abdicator and Franz Nielsen I know you're all I know I, I see you on the internet all of you I see you on the forums I see you on the Facebook groups the Twitter pages talking about well, well Justin Abdicator could be could be a defensive you know, veteran presence for this new team no it's not happening I'm sorry they're not taking him. They're not taking Franz Nielsen. One guy, one veteran that I guess I could see them taking, though, and this obviously all depends on how long he stays with the Red Wings, which I would assume is going to be for the next couple of years at least, is Luke Lendenning. Uh, he is all the things that you want Justin Ablocator to be or that you're t- trying to tell yourself that Justin Ablocator is so he'll get picked by another team. Uh, but Justin Ablocator is not those things. Luke Lendenning is. He is a good veteran presence who really – uh, shows up every night. There's, there's really no downside 
uh, not a lot of downsides to Luke Glendening. You know exactly what you're going to get. You're not going to have to pay him a ton of money. And uh, I, I think that he might actually wind up being a dark horse for a player who might get picked. I think so too. Oh, the only reason – there's no way they'll take Evlocator. The only reason why they would pick Nielsen is if they need to hit basically like the salary cap floor. That's or if Eisenman makes a deal to get him off the books. Right, yeah. But I mean, that's Which is also possible. But that's a conversation for another time. Be sure to subscribe to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Do us a favor. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Red Wings. Tell us what you think. Tell us who you would protect in, in the, uh, the upcoming expansion draft in 2021. It's a long time away. Like we mentioned, there's a whole season of hockey to play. So a lot can change between now and then. But at the end of the day, uh, I don't think there's too many really tough decisions. There's not, there's not really, even amongst those, those forwards that we talked about where there's kind of a log jam of like, you know, prospects on the cusp. I don't think that there's anybody in that group that really hurts to lose. Right, and I just I think that's a reason why you won't see Eisman make a deal for anything. I think he's going to be okay with losing whoever is on that is not on that list, um, and especially with I don't see him making a deal with how we're trying to just build draft stock and get younger. Right. I mean, the only thing we're going to do is get younger here. So, yeah, to get Abdulkader off the books, you you got to dish assets that Eisenman is 100% not willing to lose. So, all right, this does it for this episode. We'll be back tomorrow and Friday with a weekend preview. I don't necessarily know uh, how the episodes are going to kind of map out, but I know we're going to be doing, you know, previews of the matchups. We're going to be looking at all the former Red Wings who are in the playoffs, who might have the biggest impact on the team, who you would want to be quarantined with, who you wouldn't want to be quarantined with. Uh, We'll see you tomorrow. Same time, same place. It's a lockdown Red Wings podcast. We do it every day here. It's your team every day. Good to be back.